have to be honest with you folks, and your experience may be the same or very different. I do not know. But this is unbelievably weird. <laughs> I don't know why. It is simply a platform I'm on like 18 times a week on a different channel, and it's a platform I was on previously. But it is very strange doing the YouTube stream thing again, having to set a thumbnail again, having to figure out what the hell I'm talking about, which clearly I couldn't figure out because the title of this is talking about professional wrestling. Um, it's weird, man. It's really weird. And also it's weird to, to be bringing this son of a bitch. That's weird. That used to be a thing that was like a thing in the late night grin universe. That was like a, a whole bit that we used to get a lot of juice out of. Um, so I guess I'm here. It seems like I'm here. It seems like everyone can, can hear me and see me and all that good stuff. Um, Bert is back. Was the, was the best I could come up with for some kind of branding for this because the reality is, folks, I have no clue uh, what it is I'm doing here or what the plan is or anything of that ilk, but I'm here to talk it through, figure it out, answer some questions about the great... Uh, I was going to say sport, but I'm not Vern Garnier, so, you know, the great... Uh, sports and entertainment vehicle that is professional wrestling and uh yeah kick off kind of i guess sort of a new era i don't know really i don't really know how this is going to work in the in the long term um quickly to explain why we're on this channel uh i was going to say that's professional which is a lie it's there's a picture of me like a, a thumbnail of me doing this but um i i thought this would be a good idea because you know, the late night grin will continue for as long as we want to do it as friends and we'll we'll meet up for our shows. Like this month, we've got Grin Grappler Fit Finley. We've got um, a Royal Rumble Grin Along next Sunday. We've, of course, got Royal Rumble Preview. Um, and, you know, start next month, we'll do a late night grin. Late night grin 100's coming up. Uh, so that's like, that will all still be as is unchanged in, in 2024. Um, however, it felt like for a lot of the folks that have met me through wrestle purists, that felt like a big, like, uh, there was a lot of kind of built in law and bullshit that follows at the late night grin It's part of why our audience is what it is. And part of our community is tight is because everyone knows all the inside jokes and has been with us for two fucking years. So I thought it makes sense to build something separate to, to wrestle purists that is a little bit more kind of uh, easy to jump on board for those of you that have, have come to know me there, which there are many, which I'm greatly appreciative of. I know a lot of you only know me as uh, the fellow who wears WCW hats on WrestlePurist. So I thought I would kind of, you know, embrace that with, with something new, a fresh start on YouTube too, which of course is where we host those shows. I just thought it makes sense. I do not know what kind of content will be on here, generally speaking. Um, I may play around with some videos, like actual, you know, edited videos and such. I may not. I really don't know. Um, but, yeah, like, that's kind of – this is going to be where I do solo stuff, I think, for a bit and just kind of see how it goes. Um, with these deals, you can – you know, you're always kind of – you're best to have a few different things on the table at any given moment. It's kind of the best way to do this, and people will find you how they find you is the way that I've learned – I say this like I've had any great success that's proved my my method my methods have been on point, but you know you get what I'm saying. Um, Coca Cola that is not a political statement regarding a famed Pepsi figure. It is merely my drink of choice today. Okay, here's the plan, folks. 
with it somewhat explained um, as to what it is, this is what's happening here, why I'm here, what I'm doing here. With that somewhat explained best I can, um, I want to just kind of chill out and answer some questions about professional wrestling. I quite like doing that. Then once this is done, I can retitle the video as to whatever it is we actually talked about. But maybe we'll talk about nothing interesting. I really don't know. It's up to you folks in the chat. Please do drop some questions, some dialogue, discourse, God forbid. Um, whatever's on your mind, it's, it's a Wednesday, Dynamite is tonight. The big man is back, quite literally. Samojo is on the TV tonight. We assume he's going to respond to the challenge from Hook, all caps. Um, there are a couple eight-mans. I believe there are some other folks in the, in the you know in, in attendance and around the, the building, which I think has been reported in the last hour or so. So... There's some different things going on. Uh, I'm here to answer questions, hang out for maybe an hour or so. Maybe less if I'm boring you. Uh, we will see. Let me just do some business and tweet this link. And then we'll get down to it, folks. But I hope everyone is well. And uh, what have we got in the chat here? Uh, I do not intend to talk about uh, Twitter discourse, to be honest with you. But, I mean, if it's what people want to, want to ask about, I guess I can, I can you know, do my usual, well, that's fun, you know, one of those deals, but uh, yeah, I mean, it is what it is, right, it is what it is, it can be funny for a bit, people then, like, inevitably take it very seriously, and it's less funny, so, whatever, uh, Tope, this was a good bit, I did appreciate it, uh, Tope Suicida is the lone moderator, so please don't overwork him, hello, Reese, I hope you're well, I appreciate you, uh, that was not actually Therese. That was a different comment that said, I appreciate you, Joe. But I do appreciate Reese also. Uh, let's pl spend plenty of time talking about how Samoa Joe rules. I mean, so think about Samoa Joe is <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, I was talking about this with Oracle um, a couple of days ago. We did the late night grin on Friday and we went about three hours. And for whatever reason, and I will never know the answer to this, but myself, Matt, and Oracle sat there for a three-hour post-show. And I, I mean, I don't know why or what we even talked about, but we were, we were chatting and uh, we talked about this little known grappler here called Samoa Joe. Um, you know what's interesting about Samoa Joe? There's many things that are interesting. You know what is like actually pretty cool? Once upon a time, around 15, 16 years ago, I guess, a little longer maybe now, he was very much the face of like, the industry innovation and evolution and someone with his body type at that point in time, wrestling had gone away from, right? Like WWF had kind of dominated the landscape and had a lot of big, you know, muscular guys. And so he was kind of seen as like a, a little bit of an outcast, an, an outlaw, a, an outsider, a wild card. That's what I was going for. A wild card on the TV landscape. It was kind of like a big deal. And there was a lot of pushback on a guy of his frame and build being featured on TV. And I bring all this up to say, and this is, I think there's a lesson in this and it's kind of just weird how things work out. Here in 2024, he feels like the ultimate throwback, throwback grappler that we have on TV, doesn't he? He feels like this kind of guy from yesteryear, which in many ways he is now. And that's kind of just the way these things work. But it is, um, there is something that stands out to me now when I watch his promos and stuff. His presentation feels like something from back in the, the glory days, so to speak when for much of his career, he represented kind of the opposite to that. So, um, Speaking of such, Magnum TA, who has a new podcast with Greg Garnier, uh, which is the most Joe Holbert-pilled 
content ever. Go support our friends at uh, Magnum and Ganya. Ganya and Magnum, one or the other. Uh, I can't remember what their title is, but Magnum's a big Sam Joe fan, it seems. He loved his promo last week, so that kind of speaks to my point. Uh, big Joe, yes, indeed. It could be, you know, in reference to me, all the aforementioned uh, big man behind me here. I don't know. The part is back. Not quite. You know, I uh, I had some fun with that as our title. For anyone who doesn't know, because, again, I understand that some people have kind of met me here in recent uh, weeks and months, but um, the Burt was this kind of outrageous idea I had where I was going to go live every weekday at 10 a.m. Eastern, which would be 3 p.m. for me. And it was kind of like, you know, morning daytime radio. The Burt logo was like the Colin Cowherd, the herd uh, <laughs> gimmick, which was hilarious. And Jack Crosby was convinced I was going to get sued. Luckily, I don't think we reached quite the heights to, to make that an issue. Uh, and I did it for a good few months there. I couldn't maintain it, unfortunately. It was very difficult to kind of, with everything else going on and the fact that it wasn't saying that could sustain me. I was throwing 101 things, at the, you know, at the wall. I couldn't uh, sustain it, but it was really fun. It's saying I would like to revisit sometime, uh, just like a daily solo where it was just, you know, I'd have topics. I'd, re- I'd review like, I reviewed MLW on some of those. Um, I reviewed like retro stuff, the the night before's TV, talking points, all that good stuff. It was very fun. Very, very fun. Uh, hello, Brainbuster, Cody. My goodness. We are back. Yes, we are. Um, <laughs> wow, Elliot, forget work is time for Bert. I'm not sure that will get you very far, but I appreciate it nonetheless, Jason. Um, Simon, look at this. What a, what a house we have here. I really do appreciate it. I know that this time is kind of not saying I've done previously, and this is also on a channel that I've never had previously. So I do really appreciate the uh, the turnout, folks. I do. Um, all time great Oracle quote here. The, all right, let me scroll down a little bit here. Are we bump in tonight. Um, when you do solos like this, this is like the equivalent of an Iron Man. You know, this is a tough. This is a tough gig, bro. I mean, Monday's worldwide. I like because Ibu's the one who's connected and has sources, and a lot of the stuff we did on Monday was like updates on news. I legitimately did not take a bump uh, in wrestling podcast terms for about an hour. Uh, I just kind of sat there and let the lads, you know, let let everyone give what you wanted to give about a Mercedes or wherever it may be, a Julia. So I kind of saved it up, felt a little rusty, so I'm going to do a solo, and this is where we bring out the, the working boots, and this is where we, we really go for it. So uh, what do we got here? Bing bong. Uh, when is the David Finley grin grab? Because everyone knows the world needs a rebel. Look, man, you know, maybe in 20 years we're still doing it and we'll we'll circle back and we'll be having the the uh, prior subjects, their sons will be will be having episodes built around them. Seems unlikely. I will say for anyone who's unaware, if you go to at late night grin on Twitter, um, we announced the lineup for the Fit Finley episode, and I'm really excited. We worked in some Big Daddy, which Alex uh, was looking for. We got the Regal match. We got some Ray Junior in there, and we close with the, the Bradshaw uh, Belfast brawl, which is an absolute hoot for anyone who's not aware. I mean, that match is just hilarious. Um, but I wanted to close with Fit had a match with with Dolph on TV. He had a couple matches with Dolph. But he had a really good one, and I want to say 2009 on SmackDown. And uh, I wanted to close with that because it's you know hilarious that Dolph. Still looking like a, a fresh fella. He's now going to wrestle his son here in, in New Japan. But uh, 
It did not make the cup. I recommend it nonetheless. 2009, Dolph Ziggler and, and Fit Finley. Or just Finley, I guess. Just Finley, I guess. Uh, big fan from the Distraction Days. I appreciate that. You know, the Distraction Days was a great time. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Um, really, the kind of none of this follows without that, right? I mean, that, that, was, a, that was a blast, Jeremy opted to, to bring me into that, uh, that that kind of project, and I, I'm forever thankful. So shout-out to Jeremy Lamb, but that was a good time for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't have a good way of explaining why this exists, so it kind of came out like I was doing like a press release. It wasn't my plan, but you get what you get, I suppose. Um, thoughts on randoms just getting title shots. To use a Finley example, Pop, in WCW, Booker T and... and the other fella had a famous best of seven series down a title shot while Finley wrestled nobody's on Nitro. I mean, it's, you know, there's a, I'm a big believer in the idea that, you know, you're allowed to do wrestling matches for wrestling matches sake. I think that's allowed. I don't think anyone should be calling the police when that happens. It is a wrestling show after all. The fabric of a wrestling show should sometimes just include wrestling contests. So if a belt is like a TV title, I here's the best way I explain it. Orange Cassidy's belt, to me, he does not need to, like, bump into someone backstage for me to understand why he's wrestling someone. I understand for some of the audience they feel that way, but it doesn't really add anything to me personally. They could just throw the graphic up and explain that this person's got a shot at the at the belt. So um, it depends. You want to avoid it for world's titles, um, I think, generally speaking. Uh, but, I mean, there's an exception to every rule. I know that this, you know, I'm not sure this is exactly what Andrew's going for, but this is a relevant topic right now with all of the... Uh, Gender hook. And what a what a perverse debate that is. Gender Mahal and Hook. I mean, I don't know how we ended up here, but nonetheless, that's where we're at. Uh Tope said, Joe, do you want me to unveil the 2023 Topes? He'll DM them. I mean, sure. I don't know what that really means, but I mean, I'm willing to I'm willing to do the unveiling if you would like me to. Um all right. Indeed. Good evening, Callum. Uh, I'm trusting Topaz to a cedar. It's a new era, folks. It's a new era. Uh, do I need to watch all the like, to understand this video? Yes, it's, it'll, it'll, it's too much otherwise, man. Um, too much. You, it'll be impossible to follow such high-level professional wrestling talk, such as, yeah, randoms can have title shots sometimes. You can't follow it otherwise. Um, <laughs> sources say, brother. Do you think our man Trick is going to beat Ilya? I mean, genuinely, it would actually probably be a pretty good idea to give him uh, to give him a chance to to lead a brand like that, right? I mean, Trick Williams to me is a guy who you're looking at. I think his ceiling is like WrestleMania main event. I mean, granted, his work has an awful long way to go, but if I want someone to be a top guy, one of the big things that you actually do have in terms of value for NXT is you can give someone a test run at that, right? giving Trick a chance to be the world's champ of NXT, where, let's be honest, there's a lower expectation. He has a kind of a safety net. I think it would be smart. I don't know if it's something they're going to do immediately, but I would be going quick on that, especially because Ilya, whether you love Ilya or, like me, you think he's very good, but he does, you know, he's a little bit too theatrical, um, he doesn't need to be in NXT anymore, right? I mean, he just doesn't. So it depends. I mean, how often are they going to do these shows with their tour? That's a big part of it, right? While you're a... You're doing bi-monthly on the road pay-per-views. Ilya is very useful because he gives you kind of a floor in in the ring. Um, but 
just purely from like what he achieves, I think Trick as champ, it makes a lot of sense. Even if not immediately, soon anyway. Uh, what characters, wrestlers, or storylines are the most compelling to you personally right now? What keeps you coming back to the shows? Damn, that's a great question, John, but I, I do fear it's one that's going to kind of make me sound like a, the cynic I, I don't really often like to be. Um, well, I think I'm very impressed by, and I think Oracle took place on the air. It may have been afterwards, actually, so I, I'm stealing his talking point, but I'm impressed by the way that they've kept the Hangman Swerve thing going without burning the singles matches. You know, I think we're headed to a triple threat with Joe, and I think that's a really smart idea to keep these two guys linked to each other and make them the defining feud of, of AEW, but you can do that in ways that isn't them just wrestling every week, right? I think we're seeing that. They've had two matches, but they're tied together now. Too often with AEW, it's all or nothing. It's like they're feuding, so they interact every week, or the feud is now complete, they'll never see each other again, you know? There's a middle ground there. I think they've, they've struggled to find that. So that's one for sure. Um, Storylines, I'll say this. I'm not a huge fan kind of historically. That sounded pretentious. I think Drew McIntyre has been really compelling uh, as a as kind of, a, I hate the word tweener, but, you know, like turning heel and leaning in that direction and him having actual like good reason for it, I think has been really compelling. I think it's the most interesting he's ever been as a character. So I, I definitely would say uh, Drew McIntyre. Um, beyond that, I'm trying to think of stories that have really been compelling to me. I may be forgetting obvious ones, but... Hmm. I like this... Uh, this is kind of a, a quirky one that's not really affecting matchmaking necessarily, but I will say I do like the way they've presented Aldis as GM. Well, I've seen him anyway. I don't see every segment, but I've liked that stuff. Other than that, though, I don't know if there's a lot that jumps off the page. I mean, there's obviously the characters I like, you guys are aware that I like certain pro wrestlers that their characters kind of baked in. Um, but in terms of, like, direct angles, I'm not exactly, like, overloaded with ideas, I must admit. When I catch up on the chat in, like, 20 minutes, you may have some good suggestions. Feel free to just tell me what, uh, your answer to John's question. It's a great question. What characters, rest of storylines are keeping you coming back? I think it's a great question, so... Um, Yes, I would like to do more of this. When I first did it, it was intended to be the first of many. It just didn't work out that way. For anyone unaware, I'd, on the aforementioned Burr, I did a, a kind of scouting report of Solo Sokoa and Grayson Waller. And I think, I could be wrong, but I think my read on them both was like pretty decent. Pretty decent. So I would like to do more of that. It's just a case of like having the time to do it properly because I don't want to you know, speak on someone I haven't watched closely. Um, NXT has a million and one prospects. Obviously, there's a bunch of of options there in terms of like there's talent ranging all experience levels and all ceilings and floors. So it's something I would like to do for sure. Um, I would say yes, Morris King Samojo is a good professional wrestler. Um, Cody Gunter for the WWE title would have been the modern Sting Vader. Can't wait for another year of Reigns as champ instead. Man, that would be something, right? That would be something. Any advice when it comes to whether one... I really thought this was going to be like an actual question for advice. Uh, any advice when it comes to whether one should hinder or not hinder the gender? I would recommend not doing it. it seems unnecessary. Um, uh, Regal Jr., what's the vibe? I'm a fan. There's a lot of Tim Thatcher there. He's kind of a gross grappler, right? He's not really the kind of wrestling that you that you uh, you put on for your friends. You know, you don't throw a party and go, I'm going to put some some Dempsey on. It's not really how it works. And I appreciate that in a wrestler. 
I'm fascinated by him in WWE. I mean, him as a talent, I actually think quite a lot of and have. I remember I reviewed a match of his. I think it was Andrew in our community or in the late night green community because that is not definitely not what this is. Um, I think Andrew like suggested I review it. It was like a Dempsey match from NXT level up. This is like a year ago, maybe. And I remember being really impressed. And he has that perverse bridge that he does that is like kind of horrifying. So I love him as a talent. What is interesting about him is what the hell it looks like when he kind of sticks in this WWE system, you know? Regal, I love the Lord Stephen Regal run, but it took Regal a long time to figure out how US audiences react. WCW crowds struggled to necessarily like fully get or appreciate what he was doing inside the ropes. And WCW crowds were a lot more open to kind of, you know, in-ring belt-to-bell things than WWF crowds. By the time Regal got to WWE for his proper run, not the first man's man business, he was able to adjust and kind of find like a shtick-heavy, almost like slapstick uh, take on his style. And, you know, obviously he still had real matches, but a lot of the stuff people remember from Regal that aren't nerds like us, like the general fan, they remember him as a character. So how Dempsey kind of gets across that bridge is going to be interesting. Because while WWE has changed, I don't think it's ever going to be the home to where a guy like him can just go out there and grapple on TV and go. But I just, I don't think that's how their audience operates. Um, so as a talent, love him. Fit in WWE, man, that's going to be an interesting <laughs> ride to follow. I'm not sure. Uh, I cannot give an update on Mercedes. No, I cannot. <laughs> Force of the TK gender drama. I think both situations are bad booking in their current state. Um I actually like, I can't really speak on the gender thing because I didn't even watch the promo. It seems dumb, but um, like, I don't really care. You know, I don't have a strong opinion. It doesn't seem like good booking. I'll say that. I actually like the hook thing because I think it opens up different options for like what you do with his character. The least interesting option to me is um, they just have a competitive 10 to 12 minute match and that's that. I think there's a chance to do something dramatic with this. I think it was Snowboy on Twitter that suggested, like, Joe should kill him. And I kind of think that's the play. You know, using this as a chance to kind of break down what Hook is and then rebuild him in a new image, I think there's something to that. I think Hook just kind of losing with grace and going back to where he was, I think, is kind of a waste of time. But we'll see what they have up their sleeve. I, I like that direction. As for the drama, like, look, it is what it is. I don't really need my wrestling people or promoters to be adults or professional. I've kind of conceded on that. And at least this stuff is like harmless. Um, it's, it was kind of like a, I didn't really think it was very like interesting or compelling point that Tony made, but at the same time, I don't, you know, it doesn't bother me. Um, I think the one thing I would say is like, there are still people that are convinced that one day they're going to wake up and like Twitter is going to be this land of everyone being like planet down the middle and, you know, being level-headed and reasonable. And I just have to stress, that's not what that app is for. That app is for people to get their shit off and get jokes off and be silly. It will always be that way. And that's that's fine, you know? Like, I, I see a lot of that. Like, Edge goes to AEW and you'll have, like, WWE fans. But everyone's changed their mind on Cope. Punk does the other way and AEW fans say the same thing. And it's like, yeah, man, because it's just a place where people say shit. It's not, they're like, no one's talking over there like they're in court, you know? It's not, it isn't that deep, so... I think generally I would just like professional wrestling people to stop thinking that one day that's going to change. If people get their shit off, 
Tony wants to get his shit off, then I guess he can too. And, you know, he can do whatever consequences come from that, of which I doubt there are many because they're just tweets ultimately. So that's the best I got on the drama. I don't know if there's any, anything insightful. I doubt it, but yeah, I like the hook book in personally. Uh, this is very, very positive to suggest this about the super chat money, but unfortunately I need like a thousand subs to even like be open for it. And I think even then there's like, there's like different, so that's not even, that's a million miles away, brother. I'm not even, not even pondering it. Um, hmm. I am not, uh, the, I'm not on the Cine World gimmick, but I, this is very, this is good stuff. Kind of, I appreciate it. The, the Iron Claw early screening. I appreciate it very much. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm going to just read this because Amber is one of my favorite, uh, one of the favorite kind of folks that I've met through doing these shows. He says, and I quote, I logged into the Elon for the first time in quite some weeks this morning. I logged out an hour later being neither happier nor more informed. In fact, I was very upset, a cautionary tale. That might speak to what I just said, or maybe not. doesn't really matter. All right. Young Bucks return with Jack Perry or Cutler, Cabana or both. Uh, I don't think Jack Perry necessarily. I could be completely wrong on that. I, I don't know what's up with Jack Perry. Um, I definitely would recommend putting him back in something that's part of a bigger thing. I've I've pitched the Christian Cage faction. I think that's a natural fit. Um, I'm not. I've not heard him link with that. I mean, everyone has kind of heard, and it's been reported, right? Like Cabana, Cutler, Young Bucks. Um, that is not on paper a pitch that interests me, but in execution, I could be convinced in one segment because I haven't seen it yet. I mean, we've kind of seen it, but you know. Maybe they have a new take on it. I don't know. So we'll, we'll see what they do, but it certainly seems like that's the uh, the plan. Um, what's going on with this TNA reboot? Wrestling rules. Uh, so it has no hype. It'll be great. I'm not sure it will. Yeah. Wrestling rules, sorry. So it has no hype, so it will be great. I'm not sure it will. Yeah, I don't know. They need, um, they need to have something up their sleeve this weekend in terms of a surprise that is enough to kind of, if we're being honest, to kind of fuel this thing because they gave themselves a good run up and they did a cool video. I mean, it was ridiculous, but it was, you know, they gave it a good push promotion wise in terms of what they wanted to do uh, with the rebrand. But unfortunately we've got to the show, we've got to the show week and it feels like a lot of that hype, as Andrew mentions, has kind of dissipated and faded. And that's a shame. Uh, as someone who just would like there to be a third kind of, you know, interesting, viable promotion in the States, that is a shame. So whatever they do this weekend, I mean, I have no doubt the show will be good. Generally, their shows have been good for years now as pay-per-views. So I have no doubt the, the talent will go out there and rock it and it will be a good show. But they need some, They need a story on Monday morning or Sunday morning. They need some kind of story that gets the wrestling world to say, this might be a little bit different. Do they pull that off? I doubt it. What is that? I have no clue. Does does a Mustafa Ali signing do that? I don't know. I mean, I think building around Mustafa Ali, while I'm not like a super fan by any means, I do think is a better kind of um, thing for their image and brand as they start this new chapter than it would be to pay a Dolph. I mean, I love Dolph as a talent, but that's the most TNA thing ever, right? Like, guy who's got the shit kicked out of them in WWE comes in as a top guy in TNA is, you know, we've wrote books on these things. Um, so Mustafa Ali is a guy who, while he fits the bill of someone who got the shit kicked out of him in WWE, 
he feels fresher. He feels like someone that necessarily hasn't had a chance. Someone that has a new kind of a whole career ahead of them. It feels that way. It may not work that way, but it feels that way. He has a certain freshness. Whether he can stick as a top guy or not, we'll see. But I think that would be a cool signing. I don't know if it will happen, but time will tell. Time will tell. Roman is, in fact, the guy. Yes, factual. Rank these wrestlers. Takeshita, Kaito, Uemura, and the Three Musketeers. Um, yes, Monty did. But I, I think I kicked this around on TV. On TV. <laughs> on the air. I was on one of the shows where this came out on TV. I was fucking on the USA Network. I had Takeshita. I had... This is, this is actually very difficult. I had Takeshita. I had Suji, Kaito, Shota, Yuya, Ren, I think was my order. I think. Now, the middle chunk of those guys, I find to be very, you can you can mix them around. You and Mura, I've just seen the least of. What I've seen has been impressive. I've just seen the least of. Um, but there's a there's kind of my general read on it. Yes, yeah, Simojo will be a very funny outcast, factual. Uh, these are gonna. I'm gonna upload these. Franco just asked on our Discord. I'm gonna upload these to um, the uh, the late night Korean audio feed. Just because it seems silly not to. I know a lot of you listen that way. So why punish people that do just because? So if you go to uh, any of your podcast gimmicks, late night Grin will be on there, and like the whole archive is on there. So it's pretty cool. Things go up very quickly. I'm gonna upload these too, just so anyone who's used to listening to them can continue to listen to them. Is Eddie Kingston having a match tonight? If so, what's the best and funniest opponent Khan Man could announce for him? A Necro Butcher, probably. Um, that'd be the funniest, best. I mean, the aforementioned Nick Nemeth would be fucking hilarious and awesome. Apparently, the match is on Rampage, so I would expect something kind of, you know, a little lesser. Um, it feels like they're just going to throw a graphic out at the end of Dynamite and be like, Brian Cage, you know, that feels most likely. Random NXT thing. Uh, Corbin said he teamed with Braun in the Dusty Cup. Uh, sorry, Corbin teamed with Braun in the Dusty Cup. Vic said he wrestled in the Dusty Cup in his first year with another guy who used the spear. Do you know who his partner was? It was, in fact, Rhino. Um, I remember that era of NXT pretty well. Pretty well. It was Rhino. Hopefully. In 20 minutes when I catch up on the chat, it may not have been Rhino, and that would be deeply embarrassing. I just started reading Funk's book last night. Do you have any favorite Funker stories? Um, I like the one where he was going to go and be like the booker of the World Wrestling Federation and he was going to meet with Pat Patterson and the the, tra- the traffic in Connecticut was such that he just decided to go home instead. <laughs> it's like the most lucrative job in Graps. You know, I mean, obviously a headache, but it's also a fucking huge job. Um, and he's just like, oh, this, this seems like it'd be a bit of a hassle. You know, that one pops me. There's a part in that book, it's not really a story, but you're, when you get to it, it'll pop you too, Brain Buster. Um, there's a part in the book where he talks about like going to WCW and he's like, he describes it. He's like, I may as well have, you know, it was, it was what it was. It was going one way. Why, why can't I like go and lay in the shit a little bit too and get some on me? Like it's not going to hurt anyone. And uh, yeah, I, I think that's kind of Terry Funk at his best. Like there are so many like ridiculous wrestling projects that he like somehow staggered his way into just cause fuck it. Why not? Right. Like it's all grabs. Um, Terry Funk's the greatest. Huge, huge fan. Uh, what we got here? Bugs versus Sting and Darby, it seems. False. I like it, man. Um, 
I think we saw at Forbidden Door that the Bucks can do great things with Sting. I think it's pretty obvious at this point that whoever gets that match is going to need to be, you know, someone who's very capable of leading and not even leading, but just basically bumping around like a lunatic because Sting is very limited, unfortunately. My only thing I would say is, is like, I don't think they're going to want to beat Sting in his last match. And it feels like the Bucks are just about to start a new thing here. So that the timelines may not necessarily match. The other thing I would say is, while I don't dislike this pitch, I would probably be leaning in the eight, 10 man direction because you want to give the people time to see the stinger, but man, he's, you know, he has every right to have declined. He's 65 years old, but he definitely has declined here in the last year or so. So I would lean like all-star trios, all-star eight man. But then again, the last time he did an eight man, it was, well, you know, so yeah, Uh, pop. I appreciate this. I do not have the Burt intro here, unfortunately. I would like to play it by cracking up. I saw the segment, yes, with uh, with CM Punk and Drew McIntyre. It was good. I'm definitely like looking forward to Punk doing something with, uh, <clears throat> you know, with with like someone I care about. I mean that kind of politely. I mean, I just I just credited Drew, so I feel I can do this fairly. Like, I think Drew's doing a hell of a job. But I don't like personally have a connection to him. If that makes sense. I'm excited for him to do something with KO, but. I think both the segment with Seth and Drew went well. Um, <clears throat> they feel a little bit like reruns to anyone who watches AEW run, but like, you know, it is what it is. We'll see how it looks when the Seth thing is like a full program and they have a destination, you know, WrestleMania is locked in, all that stuff. But it was a good segment. Nick Aldis and Jinder are on the bump today. Well, fuck, hopefully I'm not head to head with them. <laughs> JHP to the moon. Bro, I was working on a Joe Holbert Promotions um, annual where I broke down the roster. And beyond realizing that I would inevitably upset someone with this, I realized that I like too many wrestlers. So the goal for 2024 is to like less. So next year I can do an actual annual and not have to list 50 professional wrestlers that are under the JHP banner. But I appreciate it nonetheless. Um, appreciate you, shout out Spurs. I hope you're well was listening to the Eddie Guerrero grin grapple last night, yesterday. And I've been laughing at Bob talking about British Bulldog and saying, I've never seen a person look like this. Man, grin grappler, I've said it a million times, and I apologize. I know it bores people who don't watch and don't care. Grin grappler is the coolest shit that I've been able to do in this space. It's my favorite show. Myself and three friends talking about these fascinating pieces of history and great characters and stories. And, uh, I've fallen in love with wrestlers through doing that project. Like Randy Savage, we did in the end of November. And since then I've been watching Randy Savage's work like religiously. Um, I've bought both the unreleased DVD set and he's like best of Blu-ray set. And I've just been fucking binging. And that's the beauty of wrestling, man. Like wherever you feel about modern wrestling, wherever you're into right now, wherever you're, you're enjoying, there is always something you can dive into. That's the beauty of it. That's why I love it so much. So, Green Grappler has a chance to do that. That episode is especially funny. You can go check out the Green Grappler archives at, uh, I guess, latenightgrin.com or the YouTube channel. I don't know. Uh, indeed. I hope you're well, Bobby. <laughs> Look at this. I was unaware of the herd at the time, so imagine my surprise when I saw the Burt being ripped off on TV while enjoying a pizza with family. <laughs> Yes, indeed. Fit Finley lineup ranging from Big Daddy to Rey Mysterio. Only fit, brother. Only fit. 
Um, yes, Marty Jones. I, that was the last thing we plugged in there. I was pretty excited. Pretty excited. Uh, Pop. Joe, what's your own knowledge of British wrestling? I know British wrestling. I know names, but very seen very little matches. Oh, very poor. That's going to be the worst part about the Fit Finley episode is they're going to give me shit and expect me to know about British like history, and I know nothing. Unfortunately, it's one of those huge blind spots. That I wish I could. Uh, I wish that I could kind of you know fix up quickly, but it's there's a lot there, and it's kind of not. The easiest thing. Regal had some good podcasts about it, but I, I don't know a lot about British wrestling history, sadly. Um, I saw this Bish and Ibu. I don't, I don't really know like what they were debating or what was. I saw Dax, Ibu, and Bish having like a beef, and I thought it was like some sort of Holbert pilled content, but I didn't delve into it. Um, I don't know whose quote this is, but it fucking rules. All right. Um, I've always wondered, I think this is about like kind of wrestling schedule and such. You could do the PFL thing, go full Premier League and take a fixture list. My God. That sounds like some AWA business. I love it. Who's the last wrestler to unite fans, to unite fans the way Oberfemi has in the past few months? The craziest thing about the Oberfemi bit is I don't even know if I've seen him wrestle. I think I've seen him wrestle once, but I've heard so much about him and my friends are so big on him. I just kind of, I'm in, you know, I will do it. Okay, what else we got here? I'm so happy that we didn't fuck around with Oba and just went with it instead, playing it safe and have him hold the contract for months. Yeah, also it felt like it would be a bad fit for like that archetype of wrestler, like walking around with a contract. It's lame. Falls on tag wrestling in WWE in 2024. Excited for the landscape overall. Um, tag wrestling in 2024. Well, it's interesting, right? Because you've got to assume at some point, and I could be wrong on this, I don't know, but I mean, it feels like once the Usos wrestle, they'll be back together. I mean, I know Jay's done a hell of a job, but it just feels like that's what you'll do. It feels like once they wrestle, they'll, you know, reconnect. I could be wrong. I don't know. So I guess that's looming, but otherwise... It feels like you have quite a few teams in terms of quantity, but I'm intrigued as to who's going to anchor the division. You know, the Judgment Day thing, they've got a lot of TV out of how much longer can they can they use that for that particular role? I'm not saying they need to split up, but, you know, they've been kind of central to that to those belts now for quite some time. The Creed brothers obviously are very exciting. Uh, DIY remains like a, a project that I'm told is going well. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Um, Authors of Pain are back. Uh, Dunn and Bate, I guess, on our team. So there's there's obviously numbers. I guess the the big question in 2024 is who is going to be the centerpiece, right? Who is going to be the the Kevin and Sammy or the Usos or whoever it may be in yesteryear? Maybe it's the New Day again. I don't know, but um, yeah, intrigued. I'm not sure really. I, I'm interested if they split the belts because that will be kind of important too. So I'm interested. Uh, I wonder what Swerve does at Wembley, defense versus Osprey. That would be my pitch, man. I, I think Swerve would absolutely relish that atmosphere. I think he'd have so much fun. He would actually be the heel at Wembley um, against Osprey, that is. And, like, yeah, I, I think that would be a really cool cool deal. Uh, that would be my direction for sure. It feels like it's right in front of you too. So that's where I'd be going. Okay, it appears the topes have been sent over. Let me just see the... Uh, let me see what this actually is and how. 
Okay, Tobe Suicida has sent here the, quote, most vibes-pilled matches of the year. Chat, tell me what you think here, okay? In at 10, Wrestle Dream, Christian Cage versus Darby Allen. Beautiful match. I wish that got more love than it did. It was tremendous. In at 9, my God, I thought this was the year prior. Jamie Hayter versus Riho from Dynamite. Tremendous. Um, it's kind of wild to me that Jamie wrestled in 2023. It's been that, it feels like it's been that long, but she indeed did. Uh, in at 8, the Kingo and Kenny Omega, their Dynamite main event. That was a hoot and a half for sure. Mox and Hangman, Texas Death at seven, which is like hilarious. The Hangman had that and the Swerve match in the same year, um, which we'll get to in a moment. In at six, the FTR versus Juice and Jay Robinson from Collision. I presume the two out of three falls epic that is here on my, on my shoulder. Um, five, we have the Texas Death I mentioned with Hangman and Swerve. Four, MJF, Brian Danielson, Iron Man match. Uh, 3.5, as usual with Tope Suicida, there are complications. Bad Bunny and Damian Priest, brackets, but like just the entrance, you know? Seems unfair on the match, really, but fine. Three, we have Eddie and Mulch from World's End. And the top two for Tope Suicida. This was locked in quite some time, I must say. Hook versus Stokely Halfway. <laughs> and the no DQ match between Samoa Joe and Darby Allen. Did a hell of a job. I don't know what kind of committee or I mean, I don't know if that was a one-man show, but came out pretty well. I liked it. Okay. Hello, Joe. Hello, Brucey Beats. First time caller, long time listener. Who would be the funniest, best NXT or free agent challenger for the All Japan Triple Crown? I'll hang up and listen. Let me pull up the roster here because it's got to be a funny one, isn't it? I mean, it's got to be. I mean, to be fair, as much as I love him, and I think it's clear I do love him, I think Trick Williams would be pretty fucking funny. I mean, that, that would be a, quite the adventure. Um, let me have a look here at the NXT. Because free agents, I mean, I don't know. They're all funny on some level. Okay. NXT here we got. Baron Corbin would open up the, the room for some bits because I would, like, do some perverse propaganda about him being the new boss man. Um... Andre Chase, pretty funny. <laughs> I would legitimately like to see Gulak do. I don't know what you'd actually gain from that, but it would be pretty awesome. Oh, the answer's right in front of me. How could I? Yeah, it's Lexus King. Lexus King working for the Triple Crown would be incredible. Hysterical, even. Okay. Does the National Treasure get his boots back on? Oh, yeah. He may be wrestling at Mania, dude. I think, I think he may be Kevin Owens' opponent, to be honest with you, but... He's definitely going to wrestle at some point. Um, this is like people's answers to what stories they're into right now. Cal said, um, never been a big Bailey guy, but I feel like this EO Bailey story could be really special as a babyface comeback for her. Very excited for EO to get a marquee singles match at Mania. Yeah, it kind of feels like it could have like, um, you know, it's not the same, but like kind of a mini Roman Sammy, like that kind of dynamic with Sammy. When Sammy went back to being a baby face, the way that kind of hit, uh, that's kind of like the, the blueprint, I think. Um, of course, with the difference being you presume Bailey would win at WrestleMania rather than lose at Elimination Chamber. But I digress. How do you resolve the Athena conundrum? She's the sole draw on Ring of Honor, the only reason to watch, to be fair. Can TK afford to move her across? Do you say F it and do it anyway? Because RH is as good as dead. Yeah, I, I do think it's one of those things where. Um, Athena's potential value to the women's division, especially a division that may have a Mercedes Monet, 
is too great to be worrying about on a club's uh, subscriber number. I, I just think you can't. You know, I've pitched a million different versions of Ring of Honor, and I get that as a weekly product, which is what they seem to want to do, that Athena's pivotal. But, like, to me, if you're getting Mercedes, you've got, you've got to quickly pencil in what are the matches we're building to, you know? I think Mercedes and Willow is obvious because they've already, you know, kind of set that up for you. But to me, Mercedes and Athena is like, my God, especially because they very they very rarely touched in WWE. Um, so yeah, like to me, that's the priority. Ring of One is its own thing, and there's a there's a place for it to help guys develop. I don't think they've quite nailed what that looks like yet, but yeah, I, I think you have to prioritize the AW division, and she's a game changer for that division. So. That's where I'm at personally. There you go. Miles Bourne, level up match with Charlie Dempsey. Thank you, Andrew. I appreciate it. Speaking of prospects idea, kind of related but not, would be interesting you exploring outside your comfort zone for one segment, like random Lucha Libre, Josie, et cetera. Yeah, man, and I'm always open to that, right? Like it's something that um, like that would be great for for, uh, for for like the prospects thing too, right? Like especially if stardom has like some world-class something that's like 20 years old. Um so yeah, I tried to do it with the with the guide. I tried to like include across the globe because it is important. Um, we all have our comfort zones, but if the best matches did take place on a CMOL show or a, or a uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro show, then I'll try and get them in the guide. This week's guide, I think, had like I want to say I had like five matches from Japan, which is not necessarily out my comfort zone, but uh, you get the point. So I'm always open to that stuff. 2023, I watched more Lucha Libre. Still not a ton, but CMOL kind of like allowed me to give me a little bit of an avenue to to watch some. So I definitely would like to become more well versed because it is a blind spot for sure. You think modern wrestling, re, modern wrestlers, sorry, are overdoing the stiff strikes? I think people beating the tire out of each other has lost its novelty. You don't need to kill yourselves to build drama. It's definitely interesting that like the way things go in trends. You know, if you look at Chops, for example, there is a you know, if there was a long time where there'd be like a couple of guys on the card that would be big chop merchants and would clobber each other with knife edge chops. And now, if you watch the Continental Classic, every motherfucker in that thing was fried chops, you know? So um, I think there is definitely a thing of the influences for a lot of modern wrestlers being overlapping. And so people kind of veer in that direction. What I would say is, at least in this case, they're overdoing something that is like not you know, it kind of works on like a base level, right? If, you, if you're clobbering each other, at least it looks good and at least it kind of gives some legitimacy to your work. I definitely agree that that last word you use there of drama is like the ultimate kind of, um, that's the ultimate magic that I think all wrestlers, whether they know it or not, are like chasing for. And it's you can you can capture and, and uh, convey drama a million and one ways. Sometimes the drama can come from whacking each other and beating the tire each other, as you put it, but... It's definitely interesting. It's like a, there is an absolute shift. Um, AEW TV in particular, like guys are whacking each other. I, mean, I personally love it. It's very much to my taste, but it is noticeable like how common it is. Even guys that are not like you wouldn't associate them with that are fucking whacking each other on TV. So it's interesting, yeah. Thoughts on the similar you've watched uh, so far? I love it when I watch it. It's one of those things where... I don't think I'm alone in this. It's not like super accessible. Like I've bought a couple of the pay-per-views. There was one that I bought that expired before I could watch it, which should tell you how much of a, you know, how much health the rouse I am. Um, it's awesome, man. I mean, it's it's a great presentation too. It's like 
it's great. I just wish I could watch more of it. Hopefully this year I can. I would like to do some Grin Along stuff too, which I think would be really fun. Um, where we all kind of learn together over at Late Night Grin maybe. But yeah, I enjoy it when I watch it. I just don't watch as much as I should, really. <laughs> Nick Aldis' interview would be funny. I agree. I agree. How ambitious does Seth and Jinder get on Monday? Too ambitious. They're probably going to go like 15, 20. Um, <clears throat> yes, this is true. Absolutely. They do have the video of 2012 for sure. Samojo, Mark Briscoe, good wrestlers, I would say. You think the freeway closes revolution or they prioritize things retirement? The last two times AEW run world title multi-mans, they were bumped to the semi-main spot. Good question. Um, I think, oh, I don't know if I want to put Sting in that kind of, I, again, I feel bad saying it because he's so old. That it's like, of course he's not what he was, but I just don't know if I want to put Sting in a position where there's more pressure than there already is. I mean, there's going to be a lot of pressure from the fact that it's his last match and he threw the house. But, like, you know, it'd be nice if you didn't have to also put on him that he had to close the show. Like, <laughs> So I'd probably close the freeway. It's kind of cowardly because if you do the Sting thing right, that should be the closer. But I don't know. I'd want to give myself that safety net because that freeway has got, like, a really high floor just on talent alone. So I'd kind of reluctantly go with the freeway, I think. Um. Not to keep bringing up Twitter drama. It's fine. I mean, it is what it is. I haven't got a problem with it. Uh, do, you think, do you think there's any merit to the theory that TK went off because he has something up his sleeve? Uh, not really, no. I, I think, you know, it's just kind of that's Tony's personality and it does double as like some sort of perverse promotion. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's anything like that. I mean, I think we all know that he's definitely of the belief and the industry is of the belief that he has the Mercedes deal done. I presume that that's saying that's you know that's happening, but I don't think that's related to this. I just think Tony sometimes, you know, he's a message board guy, man. He likes to get into those duels online. I mean, it is what it is. He's like the Oracle of Wrestling. Um, okay, what else we got here? Oh my God, they released an executioner figure. I always wonder, like, to your point, Angela, what ridiculous runs that we're watching right now are going to have legend figures in 25 years, 20 years, you know? Like, in 20 years, is there going to be, like, a uh, Titus Worldwide box set or something, you know? Maybe. Time will tell. Where does the United Kingdom go from here? Cole is injured and MJF is injured. Yeah, I don't know. That's going to be tough. I want the Kingdom did a hell of a job on Saturday with their performance, the aggression they wrestled with. But, man, in terms of presentation, that thing is, like, it's going to be difficult to make them feel like a big deal, I feel. Roddy, I think, is going to get the international belt. I think that's what they're actually going to do. He kind of has to. Now that he's called his shot, he's been such a goof on that show. You kind of have to do that for him, I think. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's going to be difficult. I, I think you kind of have to legitimize the guys in their own separate divisions. And you probably, when you know, like it depends on when Max is coming back, but for the month or so prior to it, you probably want to like do the deal where they're goading him almost, you know? You got, you know, have him every week calling out MJF and MJF's music, you know, doesn't play, doesn't come out, whatever it may be. Maybe one week his music does play and he still doesn't come out. And then eventually, of course, he's going to come out and it'll be, it'll be a big deal. You hope and assume. Um, 
you need to keep things centered around MJF just while he's not there. It's very difficult. And the other problem with Max is who are Max's allies on the show that you can kind of, you know, you can do stuff with the acclaim, but that doesn't really, you know, that doesn't tick the box you're looking for because they're as ridiculous as anyone. So it's a bit of a headache to say the least. Thanks. It's a shame. It's a shame. Pop. Um, can we take a moment to tell everyone to go watch the Dustin Rhodes grin grab if they haven't already? Real grabs, WCW grins. Yes. Yes. And that episode is like the one of the most viewed things we ever did, which is um, hilarious. And we're like somewhat certain that it got into very funny hands in professional wrestling, which is hilarious. So, yeah. Um, Dustin Rhodes, all timer. The WCW section in particular is glorious. So, yeah. Okay. This is, I'm almost hesitant to this sincerely because it pops me so much, but this is, I'm going to presume it is because it's awesome. Hi, Joe, I'm from Iran and wanted to inform you that we use your memes and stuff and people love it in the Iran wrestling community. Brother, if that's true, that is fucking incredible. So, all how. All how, indeed. I sometimes see my face on the timeline. You've been using memes and stuff who did not follow me or care what I do, and it's very funny. So anytime I see that shit, it's funny. Um, what else we got here? Two more Grin Grapplers checked off this month. Von Erickson, Briscoe's, God bless. Briscoe's one was tough, though. That was, that was tough. Um, Dolph's, Dolph's overselling doesn't bother you. Oh, it could definitely be an issue for sure. Um very Hennig pilled in that way, where at times it became a, a meme kind of of itself, a caricature of itself. I think Dolph, as he got as he aged, did a better job of of navigating um selling and bumping, you know. He still would struggle with it at times, but I do think like if you watch like his match with Miz, for example, from 2016, I think he's selling is great in that more than his ridiculous bumping. Um it's definitely what kind of pigeonholed him, but it's no, it's not something that bothers me massively, but it is definitely a flaw for sure. In the modern landscape where we are getting dream matches left and right, what do you think is the biggest dream match left out there that is realistic? Probably Osprey and Dragon, right? I'd say Brian and Osprey feels like the match. I actually think like, because the modern landscape is filled with dream matches, I actually think we're seeing like a, I think there's an adjustment and it's increasingly clear that we want matches that have like a certain personal spite that's just me but it's kind of interesting rank evolution one to four best in-ring workers now we're talking at our prime here right because obviously rick was was very very old at that point um i'm gonna go prime for prime in the one seed i got flair i think he's comfortably one if he's talking prime for prime obviously if we're talking as they were then that's different prime for prime flair is one by a distance Two is Alton for me. Um, while somewhat inconsistent, silky smooth, great read and feel for wrestling. Uh, I always like watching him wrestle. So he's two. I got Triple H at three, whose peak was glorious, but did burn out rather quick. It must be noted. Was a little bit one-dimensional, but generally did have a good gauge of things. And four is Batista, who it should be noted is an incredibly awesome pro wrestler and has a great kind of charisma and presence. So none of this is really an insult in terms of what you meant as an overall package. 
But I did think inside the ropes, while he had these moments, was a little clumsy. And that's what I would say. He was never a natural in terms of the way he felt physically and the way he moved physically. Had some great matches, though. I mean, the Hell in a Cell Triple H is terrific. The stuff for The Undertaker is really good. So all four of them have their their classics, obviously. But I think that I think my listing there, my order there, is pretty fair. I could be wrong. I'd be um, missing something outrageous. Uh, Joe, do you ever worry? Do you lot ever worry, sorry, about saying certain things negative about a wrestler show and that fucking up your sources. Uh, I get why you say you lot, because, yeah, I don't, I'm not really the sources guy. Um, it's definitely a thing people have to navigate. It's not something I really do because I don't care to have sources. I don't mean that in, like, a cool guy, I'm an outlaw way. I just, it's just not, like, not my role, right? Like, my role, if such a thing exists, is I am a, you know, God, this is so pretentious, I apologize, but I'm an analyst or a critic more likely I'm a podcast personality, but the point I'm getting at is luckily my audience, while not massive, I have built an audience of people that do not care for me to break news. And I'm very thankful for that. So I don't need to worry about it. I have limited interaction with wrestlers, very few personal relationships with wrestlers. Um, if I ever do, they're usually aware of what I think anyway, because most wrestlers that know who I am are going to know for what I think of their work. And that's fine. And look, here's the big thing. The one I would say to this, I do try, and we all have our, we all miss on this front, but I do try, and whenever I, I fail at this, I, I'm, I feel bad about it. I do try to keep it pretty straightforward and, dare I say, professional in terms of how I critique things. I really have no interest in personally tearing down someone because I thought their match was bad. It it's really is not what I want to do. Sometimes when we're trying to be entertaining, we go a little far with that, or maybe, uh, maybe you're thinking of an example where I fucked up in that regard. I'm sure. But generally, it's okay if I, if, I, if I want to talk to a wrestler and I've been critical of them. Generally, I've done it in a way where I can pretty much, you know, say, yeah, that's what I thought, but I, I wasn't trying to mean anything personal by it. I just didn't like your match, and that's that's fine, right? Like, it is what it is. Um, I've had a million and one shitty podcasts, you know, like I said, it is what it is. Uh, it's never anything personal. So it's not a big thing for me personally, I guess is my answer. Um, I would, and Rakan as a, uh, as a guest on Green Grant will be glorious. Yes. Or, or how. My favorite part of watching old graps is reassessing my opinion on wrestlers that I used to hate or not get. Has Green Grappler helped change your view on anyone since you started it? Yes, actually. Um, I became a much bigger Bam Bam Bigelow fan. Um, Bam Bam is a guy who I kind of thought people overstated a little bit because, and I will stick by this, like I do think Bam Bam the career he had powers in comparison to the career he should and could have had. Whether that's his fault or not, I, I do think people kind of overestimate like how deep his catalog is. But watching his matches, you do get a greater you know, appreciation of his performance, you know, um, and kind of what he was capable of. So, yeah, I think Bam Bam's won. Beyond that, I think I've generally been a pretty big fan of the guys we've covered, so... Other than the Randy thing I mentioned, it was never I never didn't get Randy Savage, but I've become like a huge fan because of it. So, so yeah, there are a couple, I guess. Um, what do we got here? <laughs> Over for me is a five match in NXT, including Level Up. He's had ten. God bless. Thoughts on Tyler Bate on the main roster? I think a tag team is his current ceiling. It could change. Yeah, I tend to agree. Um, Tag team, and if he connects with the people and gets over, you can explore other things. I mean, he's a obviously very talented worker. I do think he's like increasingly 
colored women the lions over the last few years in terms of being one dimensional. Um, but <clears throat> he's always, I mean, he's on the main roster. He's still going to be a guy who can give you good in ring. Right. Like goes about saying, I struggle to get like super jazzed up about it because it's just, it's been so long since I cared or followed his career. I don't mean that as a knock even. It's just like, it is what it is. It's the way things have worked out. Um, tag team with, with Dan, I think is good for both parties to be honest. I mean, they could do a good job with that. Wembley should be Kenny, Will, Free, right? Maybe, maybe, but you got it in your back pocket. I'd go with Swerve and Will personally, brother. Hello, Cookie go, Cookie to go. I hope you're well. You know, I was, I was going to say Cookie, and I realized that sounded kind of crazy, so I had to finish your name. Uh, can't wait to April so we can get that Grin Grappler, Randy Orton Grin Grappler. I'd love to, man, but I just, I fear that that, that pervert contrarian Alex is going to throw a wrench in our plans. We've got to try and make it happen though, for sure. Um, just bought some old Puro tapes. God bless. Looking forward to watching Vader and Hanson, all Japan tag highlights and fixing my Keiji Muto blind spot. Struggling with modern stuff right now. Missing a heated singles feud. Yeah, I get it. It was interesting when the question was asked earlier. I did struggle to, uh, I struggled to like latch on a, a single conflict other than the Swerve and Hangman one, but, Hopefully this new pay view cycle will bring some. Hopefully so. Um, and then he wrestlers you didn't like quite passionately that your opinion went full circle after a match or two. Hmm. I don't know. I don't think I have a good answer for that. I could be wrong. Some of you may know better than me on guys that I've kind of changed my tune on. It's very rare that I'll have like a real distaste for a wrestler unless I've seen enough to feel confident. Like I don't like this guy's work and that's fine. You know? Um, so I, I don't think so. I could be wrong though. I could be, I could be entirely wrong. Maybe there's someone in the chat who uh, will know of an example. <laughs> Love, you know, my, my stuff better than I do. So we'll see. Uh, Joe, how did you become friends with Oracle and Alex? Oracle was very much in the same, like Oracle and I have been mutuals on Twitter for years and he was more friends with Matt. So Oracle came on late night grin episode three or four, I believe he was going to be a one-off guest and he instead just was on every week after that pretty much. Oracle and I did a million shows together in 2022 in particular on late night grin. And he's honestly one of my closest friends. I mean, we text pretty much every day about wrestling. Um, always about the dumbest shit. You're never about like the big hot topics of rock or Cody. It's always like, did you see, you know, this NXT talent or whatever, um, or the FTR maybe, but, uh, so yeah, Oracle and I, with people have kind of watched that happen. Same goes for Alex. Alex did not even, there's a show we did on the late night green called the Bud Matt power hour in which myself, Matt and Alex watched some buddy Matthews matches because we were the free left standing in terms of buddy matthews fans and as i'd never spoken to him before that so you if you watch that show you saw my first interaction with him and then i figured him into the grin grappler deal because i thought that'd be a good fit for like he's you know what he does as a way the way he is as a fan and also i think he's i think he adds a lot to the shows so we did that and then through that we became closer friends grin grappler is like two shows for us it's like we do the show and then we do a three-hour post-show where we talk about ridiculousness. Um, so, yeah, I, I got, I've got to become really good friends with both of them. Alex, obviously, I met in Chicago. But both of them are people I met through really Matt, right? Like, I, really, that's you know, credit to him. I mean, if he's listening, I'm sure he's pumping his fist. He's going to text me in a minute. 
Uh, I don't think he is, though. He's got better things to do, right? Like the Fleet 50 spreadsheet, for example. Speaking of such, Fleet 50, your top 50 in-ring performers of AEW's 2023. Send them my way. You can DM them at Joe Holbert. You can email them, joeholbert05 at gmail.com. We're getting those ballots in. They're piling up. You've got basically the rest of the month to get them in. Be involved in that. It's really fun. When it comes out at the end, everyone has strong opinions. So get involved now and uh, get your ballot my way. The top 50 in-ring performers of AEW's 2023. All right. What else we got here? What else we got? Hello, Monty. I hope you are. I know this was 20 minutes ago, mate, but I hope you're well. FTR and Garcia versus Bullet Club Gold. Collision main event for the trio's belts. What's the ceiling? Bullet Club Gold, I assume, meaning... Um, I assume meaning uh, the the current formation of Jay and, and the guns, right? I assume. Um, the guns still have their, you know, they have their roughness around the edges. So I'm, I'm going to say the ceiling is four, floor is three and a quarter. We're probably going to live in between if we're being honest. Uh, four is if it's a really hot crowd and we're rocking that night. But uh, let's be honest, man. FTR and Garcia is so like JHP that it doesn't even need to be good. We'll just pretend, right? So that's the best thing we can do. Uh, is Samoa Joe versus CM Punk the greatest match to ever take place on UK soil? Is it Danielson Nigel still? Danielson Nigel. Joe Punk is awesome and is a, a like a very particular feel and moment in time. And it's the best thing live I've experienced because I was in like, you know, I was I was losing my mind during that match. And anyone who knows how I watch wrestling live usually knows that's not a common thing. So Joe Punk is glorious, but Nigel and, and Danielson is like a masterpiece, and I, I don't think they compare. And much as I love Joe Punk, um, yeah, Danielson and Nigel. What kind of world title design are we rocking for JHP? I always just assume the NWA world title belt, but I worry that, yeah, I think we've got like a big gold, right? We have to go big gold. Got to be big gold. Has to be. Okay. Yeah, man, I, I look at that lineup. Mercedes, Jamie, Athena, Stat, Willow, Tony, Sheila. There are others too. It's, there's a lot of talent there, for sure. Did you see Nia, Becky, and Mia EO? I saw um, – I did not see Nia, Becky. That was in, when I was, like, completely out of the game. I saw Mia and, um, and EO. It took them a minute to get some rhythm. The lack of heat early made it even harder. Uh, like, that was tough. That crowd was – Tough crowd on, on Friday. Um, so little little clunky at first. Mia looked like she was a little bit out of, out of rhythm. Then they kind of wheeled it in the right direction. I thought the second half was really quite good, and I was happy for Mia that it went well in the end. The big styles clash spot, the missed dive at the end. There was there was a lot to like down the stretch. So um, hopefully Mia Yim gets some, like, creative assistance in terms of, like, what she means to the TV show. That's the big thing now, you know. Like, I... I think there's there's a there's a role for her to play. I think the division needs folks underneath the top, the very very top of the division. You know that the folks care for. So I think she can do that. It's just a matter of um, it's just a matter of giving her something interest in terms of a personal conflict rather than just kind of what she's been for most of this run, which is existing. Um, yeah, this is a good way to put it. It's less the overdoing of stiff strikes and more the overdoing of not selling offense and making it not matter especially on small shows, TV matches. Yeah, I agree. Okay. What else we got here? 
Thoughts on Seth Freakin? Pop, never been my favorite, but he always seems to get the job done without reaching match of the year contender levels, maybe with the exception of the Cody stuff. Yeah, he's never going to be my favorite. I don't find his matches to be particularly interesting. Um, they generally are crowd pleasers, which speaks to kind of the phrase used, they'll get the job done. They are generally crowd pleasers. Uh, he's, yeah, I don't know, man. I, he's one of those guys who, like, we've spoke about so much kind of in a negative way on Late Night Grin. It's like I kind of stuff just stopped because you don't want to be that dude, right, constantly punching in the same direction. He's not really for me, to be honest. Um, not untalented by any means, but I just I very seldom leave a match of his. I think that was a really interesting idea, or that match had some like real. There's very little I find to like dig into and rewatch with his work, which doesn't mean it's like bad necessarily. It just isn't. I don't think it matches up to the reputation he has in some circles. That's me personally. I'm all in on this. It may not happen for the world title, but I would love to see Mark Briscoe and Joe in a cage. Homage to the infamous cage match with his brother and Joe. That is one of the bloodiest matches ever. Yeah, I'm, I'm in completely. I, they've got to run it back at some point, man. That first match they had, or that last match they had for the Ring of Honor TV title, I mean, that was a beautiful match. Kind of real old school slugfest. We need to get more of it for sure. I was hoping they were going to do a cage last year at... Uh, because I, I remember when Joe won, everyone was like, he's going to win. Mark's going to get the belt eventually. And I was hoping they were going to do that at Death Before Dishonor, but it did not come to be. Eventually, Mark was going to go for Claudio, and then Mark got hurt and all sorts of things. Gunter and Gable might be the play for Mania, but how about giving Sammy that moment by having him get the win? It's interesting with Sammy. You know, it definitely feels like there's got to be some kind of big-time destination ahead of him, right? I get the feeling Sammy's eventually going to beat Gunter for a different belt, to be honest. But I could be wrong. Um, what do you think of the Hoss fight or big meaty men slap and meat match got more common on weekly TV? It's uh it's case by case or meat by meat, I guess, in this in this case. Um I think you have to be careful with the right pairing. I wasn't a huge fan of when they did it with Keith and Joe and the crowd were trying to do the meat thing. It was kind of like, well, I mean, I guess um, you need to have one piece of the match, have a little bit more dynamism. That's the only thing I would say. I like it. I'm glad to see we've got some heavyweights back in the game. But you got to be a little bit careful with just throwing them together. You know, it's not a video game. That's the only thing I would say. This was in when I was mentioning about what hilarious runs we'll get legends figures ring rust says shorty g legend figure god bless not being spiteful but what percentage chance do you think tk fumbles mercedes booking she's overcome bad booking before but this division has been neglected in my opinion there's 40 percent chance it gets it wrong yeah I, I would say i mean you're looking i think you're looking 50 50 and i don't think it i don't mean it in like a you know i don't think anyone means it in like a sort of sinister way of, you know like he's gonna he's going to mess this up. It's just what you said about, we have to be honest about the division, right? It's kind of in pigeonholed. And I do think there is a fear for, for me personally, as a fan, my concern is that rather than her bringing the rest up, she is instead just kind of becomes part of the division. And what I mean by that is that she would be doing, you know, like a pre-tape promo about a match she's going to have on rampage or doing saves every single week for the same baby face or put in a faction, or put, and that's the thing that concerns me. Her matches are going to be great. She's Mercedes. She's going to carry a certain amount of star power. 
but she is a chance for you to break out of your booking pattern with the women rather than to cement it. And I hope they understand that. What I would say on the positive side is I do think there has been changes in the division as of late. Now, are they all home runs? Certainly not. Um, but I do think there has been a shift in terms of trying different things and trying to kind of change that perception. If so, they just got given the ultimate assistance in that regard, right? We'll see if they can take advantage of it. It's getting one of the big stories in 2024 if that's indeed where she lands. Brainbuster said Legend Stardust figure would go crazy. I could be wrong on this, bro, but I think they've like genuinely already started making this. I think it's like announced they're doing that figure. So <laughs> I think that's happening. Okay. What else we got here? Yes, the headbangers are indeed getting new figures, which is very funny. Um, MJF Devil Undisputed stuff is going to be like the fourth or fifth most important thing on the show by the time they're both healed. Rough, yes. Uh, and Cole is a good promo, but I don't know if he's interesting enough to keep that thing afloat while, while being injured, you know? Interesting. Takeshita should get the rocket push this year and regular TV time. He is unreal talented. Yeah, man. Absolutely. I mean, you saw what happened, right? When he was just given a chance to just wrestle and kick ass. The Derby match kind of gave him a chance for an unofficial reboot. Hopefully they can follow up on it and keep things moving in the right direction because I agree. And he's saying different in terms of what he brings to the main event scene. Um, look, man, fuck it. Let's just do, let's do a match with Joe while Joe has that belt. That'd be a great TV main event, wouldn't it? My goodness. And I get that I want to beat him, but at the same time, like, would it hurt him really? You know, it'd be cool to see him in that spot. I don't know. What else we got here? Okay, sorry, folks. I have a lot of scrolling to do. You start to see Edge's next booking idea. He might give Dan House and the rub next. I, I think it's cool what he's trying to do. The people he picks will be hilarious, I'm sure. But I'm enjoying Cope's run thus far. I did see the Korean Year End Awards. Yes, Solo Sokoa, the the biggest heel in Korean grabs. I saw that. Okay. Oracle is very funny indeed. It's Rock Roman, right? I have no clue. No idea. Absolutely no, no clue. During the time they're in they're in evolution, Ring Rush has got it. Dave Orton Flair Triple H. Yeah, probably true in the evolution run because the uh <laughs> the Triple H work in the evolution run is dreadful. Working the leg every week for a pedigree. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, I would agree. Does Stang uh, live on as a TV character? Probably not. Um, probably not. I, I think I think there's room for it, and I think he could actually be quite good at it, but they don't seem to have those, like... Unless they want to do an authority figure, right? Probably not. Interesting. Mm. Oh, here. Hey, Joe. Hello. Not sure you answered this, but how do you use Naomi back in WWE? Do you have her do her own thing or do you put with the bloodline? Probably her own thing. Um, I think this is actually quite interesting because of the time. Like, I like Naomi quite a bit as a talent, but the big thing for me would be I'd, I need to 
if you're going to bring her back at the Rumble, you want to have a Mania destination for her. But I don't know what that Mania destination necessarily is. Maybe it is something big. I hope it is. That'd be really cool. But you don't want to have her slotted already, right? You don't want to... When WrestleMania runs around, you don't want her to already be in one of the two babyface teams in a fatal four-way, whatever it may be, right? You want to have her have, like, something big time. So... Maybe there is something for Bianca Belair. Maybe even if, maybe she's going to be positioned differently as a heel. I don't know. Um, it'll be interesting. She's been gone for a while, but not long enough where it's like, it feels like a total fresh start to me. And I would like their creative to convince me it actually is a fresh start. And she's going to be used totally differently. That'd be really cool. I could kind of see her just being slotted back, which I think would be a touch wasteful, but at the same time, she could help in terms of that bridge between, quite frankly, the 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 girls that aren't over, the women that aren't over at all, and the the uh, the champs right now and the contenders right now. So, very intrigued. I probably would avoid the bloodline thing though, if I'm being honest. Um, do you think there's a danger to AEW raising the bar on crazy bumps on national weekly TV? Yeah, I, I do, and um, it's not something that I like talk about a ton just because I think it's a difficult thing to police in a lot of ways. Um, and I find that a lot of people that do unfortunately do it in bad faith, which kind of ruins it as a talking point. I definitely think wrestling would be well served to kind of keep that risk reward dynamic in mind, you know, kind of what we're we doing and what is it going to achieve? Um, with guys that have made their name on the independence, a lot of them, TV wrestling is still a bigger stage than they're ever used to, so they're going to do whatever the fuck it takes to get over. And I think that's, there's a lot to like about that. But there's also a lot of agents that I think sometimes could rein these things in, you know? So it's definitely, I, I definitely think there's there's a, there's a point to be made there and a kind of responsibility, I guess, would be the word, on the, the senior voices in that room to kind of rein things in or at least make sure it's done when it matters. Um I guess we'll see how these guys age physically and how it goes. You know, it's uh, wrestling's a weird beast in that way. You know, we're talking about Samoa Joe being the world's champ, and 15 years ago, he did one of the dumbest wrestling spots ever and did a balcony dive on <laughs> for no good reason. And other guys have wrestled super safe and had terrible luck. So it's always a it's a it's a complicated thing, I guess, is what I'm saying. But I definitely think there's truth to it. Um, I do want to watch this Bam Bam Norton match for sure. Definitely. Yeah, I've seen the uh, the Vader Bam Bam tags for sure. I've seen I, I did it. There's that hilarious clip I tweeted before where they, they do the crisscross deal, zigzag, whatever the fuck we're calling it. It's unfortunate Roosh is hurt because Roosh versus Roddy for the international belt would have been something. My God. Yeah, that's that's a that's a shoot fight waiting to happen right there, brother. Let Alex do shame at man, couldn't grab, but then you can throw it back at him whenever he disagrees. I not even worth it. I'm not even doing that. No, I refuse. I refuse. Um Hello, Joe. Hello, Andrew. Hope the stream's been good so far. However, let's get out of business. We'll be getting a grin along for Bow in the Valley. Um so I th I'm, I'm kind of torn on this because I don't want to be... Uh, I think it's live after Collision. But I may be, you know, wanting to watch that Hard to Kill thing without spoilers, and I think it'd be cutting into the last hour. So it's not clear yet. I would lean Andrew, regrettably, towards no, probably not. Um, but it's, yeah, it's possible. 
maybe start, DM Young Dukes and ask him if he wants to do it. Maybe we can bully him into doing it and we'll get, we'll get a squad together. But yeah, it's unlikely, I think, unfortunately. It's a hell of a show, though. Um, yeah, this is true, definitely. There are many guys that I like, I enjoy, but you know, I, I kind of, there's not a reason to talk about a lot. And then as they do good stuff, I can, I can embrace my whole shit. Absolutely. Um, uh, you can do a spreadsheet and email it, to, email it to me for Fleet 50. You could do it in your notes gimmick and then copy and paste in your email. Where you could do a screenshot, you could do a million and one things. Just, you know, as long as there's 50 names in order. Um, Jay versus Garcia singles match would go hot. Absolutely, it would. Hopefully, we get that in this, uh, little, you know, kind of trios uh, realm that we may be entering with those guys. Yes, I spoke to Jay Shaw recently. Uh, I'm hoping, hoping it'd be cool if Jay Shaw could be on an LNG 100, right? That'd be pretty, that'd be pretty, pretty neat. So hopefully so. But Jay Shaw's doing good. We spoke not too long ago. Um, an LNG Hall of Famer for sure. We got here. I feel like Miriam Raw would do her wonders, like even her matches with Becky Knight, Ivy Rhea, etc. I agree, and I also think like the extra hour gives you more time for like a mid card to have matches, right? I think that's also that would be beneficial to her. So yeah, I tend to agree. I'm currently a month into watching the Attitude Era for the first time. Um, how would you look back on that time? Honestly, mate, it's not uh it's not something I'm like especially well versed on. I I've talked about this previously on like, this is years back, so I don't expect anyone to, to know what I'm referencing, but I'm not particularly well-schooled on like the great eras of WWE TV. Um, I recently was doing the SmackDown 6 thing, which I will be restarting. I've just been busy over the holidays, but I've seen, so you're at Survivor Series 96. I've seen 97. I did not, I could not go much further beyond that. I couldn't do the like full Russo TV. I've seen bursts of 2000, which I'm told is superb. I just haven't seen a lot of it. Um, Rufus Aggression Era TV, I'm even like kind of blank on. Like most of my audience knows more about WWE TV history than I do. I'm an absolute lunatic when it comes to the early 90s, which everyone hates, but I've always enjoyed that TV. Um, so I look back on that time as a pretty uneducated kind of. Uh, memory of the moments i think there's things to learn from the success of that tv the way it was formatted i also think there are things that we learned from that tv that have stuck with us forever that are kind of like insane and i don't know why they stuck but they did so it's a mixed bag from what i've seen but i haven't seen it closely 97 is awesome though so i think you'll enjoy that Look at this. Joe Punk at Wembley was my first ever live match by a house show and Perry Hook. I was smiling the whole time. It was glorious, man. I was pretty proud of this uh, meat by meat line, I must admit. <laughs> okay. It feels like Brock Gunter is the play for WrestleMania to me with Seth Punk now. If not, what does Brock do in, in April to you? It's a great question. Because um, I, I tend to agree that Drew and Sammy is the match. Drew and Sammy. I feel like Priest is going to do like Brock and Priest feels like an entire waste of Brock. And I don't mean that as a diss. It's just like 
It just doesn't really not very interesting, is it? Who could Brock work with? It isn't Gunter. That's a great question, man. I don't know, chat. Who whose names jumps out to you guys? I'm, I'd love to know. I'm, I haven't got a good answer. I apologize. I don't know. Brock's in a really interesting point in his run where it kind of feels like he's reached his natural conclusion. But uh, but yeah, intriguing. <clears throat> okay. Almost all of you guys on the WrestlePurious went with WWE as promotion of the year. Do you think their in-ring peaked higher than black and gold years? It obviously doesn't compare to AEW. Um, it probably... I don't think it um, peaked as tough. It may have. There was some really great stuff. WrestleMania weekend, you had a couple matches that were like genuinely great. I would still say no. I mean, obviously the quantity is way higher because the... Uh, the way the shows are up, I mean, NXT was one hour TV, right? Like, so I think the quantity is high. I don't think it peaked higher. Um, but then again, I am like super biased towards black and gold. What I can remember of black and gold NXT, there's like different versions of that. But yeah, I'd say no, honestly. Where's your experience consuming Cody's work? Um, I generally enjoy the idea of Cody more than the actual work itself, if I'm being totally honest. Uh, and I don't even mean that as a knock, but I just don't really like. I can never get into it as much as I want to because I actually appreciate him and what he represents in the industry an awful lot. So that's generally been my feel on it. <clears throat> He's had moments. The match with Dustin is one of my all-time favorite matches. The match with Roman at WrestleMania was superb, I thought. So he has some great work I love. TNT title run. I mean, he's had some great stuff. Never get one of my favorites. I find it hard to connect with him. Kind of reminds me of Cena in that way. Cena is someone I appreciate and admire, but I couldn't ever personally feel attached to it just it didn't feel that way to me so i'd put cody in a similar place even if obviously his career is much less decorated thus far um and we'll probably never i mean i think i'm gonna i'll to say it's never gonna be quite what cena did but that's the comparison i'd make okay what else we got here uh i think this is a fair assessment there's more storylines in the AEW women's division have most of them lean towards the comedy just don't know where mercedes is supposed to fit in here i fear this will be jay well all over again it definitely, I think if we made the comparison recently, the women's division is like 95 WBF. Like it's more focused, but not necessarily in a good way. I think it's fair. Uh, you're definitely going to need to rebuild some things. Definitely. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Hopefully they're aware of that at least. <laughs> Who do you think is better? Prime Tanahashi or Okada? Okada is probably better in ring, but nobody's got the vibe Tanahashi brings. I got to be honest, and I'm sure this is like somewhat controversial. I promise it says more about what I think of Tanahashi than Okada, but I think Tanahashi wins like handily. And I don't care how much people that are more educated than I disagree. I I would die on that hill happily. I think Tanahashi is comfortably better. Um, I think he's a more interesting wrestler. I think he's a more versatile wrestler. He's not as... Um, I wouldn't even say that. No, I'm not even going to throw that. I'm not even going to concede on that. I, I think he's better. Now, I understand that their match catalogs, Okada's is probably more like, it's more packed with like the conventional modern epic because that's what, that's the house style that like came into, the house style started with their matches in a lot of ways. And then by the time Okada took over, that was the way, you know, they, they had a certain way of doing main event matches. But I don't give a damn. I'm taking Tanahashi. Um, Tanahashi is one of the most magical wrestlers ever. An absolute wizard. And what people don't give him enough credit for, everyone always like, talks about how 
Greater babyface that guy was inside the ropes, and that kind of steamboat vibe that he has. And it's right, yes. However, he was so good at doing the Bret Hart thing of just leaning heel if the crowd was with the challenger because he was the status quo. When you're the champ, when you're the ace, sometimes the people are going to root for the contender. And whenever they would do that, he was perfect. The way he would just adjust and just be a little bit of a dick. Bret Hart was great here too. So, Tanahashi, I think, is one of the greatest wrestlers ever. And uh, he, to me, is better than Okada, who's obviously an all-timer in his own right, but I got Tanahashi. Also, this is an hour and 28 minutes into a solo stream, so anyone who's who's mad at that will probably never see it. So, we won. Um, yes, indeed, it was. Shameless Ric Flair cosplay from Triple H, plus some Harley Race, too. Listen to an interview with Brooks Jensen and his favorite wrestlers are Arn Anderson and Brad, Brad Armstrong. His favorite match is Magnum, Tully, the I Quit match. Well, it sounds like he knows Bolts, honestly. Yeah. He does feel like a world championship wrestling wrestler, to be fair. He does feel that way. Um, Mox versus Will is the revolution match, you think? Hmm. Interesting. I could see them wanting to rebuild Mox a little bit. Give him saying fresh kind of restart with his TV usage. Just what I would do. Uh, I would go with Takeshita for Will. I'd have Don Callis introduce Will and have Will fucking murder him with a hidden blade. Write him off TV for a few months. Let everyone miss him if such a thing is going to happen. Try. Um, and I'd start with Will as a baby face. I think while we're doing this whole restore the feeling, you know, thing and, the you know, all of that, whether you think he's likable or not, um, Osprey is a great representative of like the identity people want for AEW of guys going in there and whooping ass and having great matches. He's great for that from a for like a perception point of view. So I'd go with him as a babyface. So I would start with him and Takeshita. SmackDown Six. I need a, I need to reboot it. I need to reboot it. But uh, yeah, I was enjoying it a lot. It's just with time, right? It's like I have to watch certain modern things that I would read. You know, I mean, it is what it is. You have to watch it to have an awareness of what's going on. If I had my way, I would, <laughs> I would have spent a lot more time on the SmackDown 16, but I will get back to it. Once I do, my thread will be updating again. Okay. This is actually real grabs. So, hope you're enjoying the ride, brother. Thoughts on match card announcements. I loved when AEW would announce full cards a week in advance and have matches booked three weeks out. Not a fan of them announcing matches two weeks, two days before the show. I tend to agree, especially with how AEW's TV works and the way that it's based, it kind of is a weekly event product. Um, yeah, I, I liked it much more. I mean, I know that like Collision and Rampage kind of complicates that, but it would still be nice, right? At the very least, if you knew Dynamite by the end of Collision, I think that would be a, that's where we should start, I think. So, yeah, I liked it a lot. All right, what we got here. I was on the run from 96 King of the Ring following Austin's rise through 97 and gave up some time around early 98. Takeaways, Sid and Army Johnson ruled, no point watching after Brett, guys. Yeah, that was basically my experience, um, even to the point of the Sid and Army Johnson. More, more so Sid. Um, Army Johnson has been spoiled for me forever because Bob O'Neill once said that he was the first, he was the original Kurt Angle, which is one of the funniest things anyone has ever said. <clears throat> and I quote it whenever his name comes up. So, yeah, but he's fun too. Brock and Kevin Owens is being thrown out. Lashley rematch. Kevin Owens over Femi. Um, 
Yeah. Kevin Owens is one, I guess. Yeah. I think that'd be interesting because I, I think there were some stories about like, didn't they have like a really short house show match? I seem to remember there being law there, but I, I can't remember these things anymore. Would the Grinners or Purists, I think we're going with Puritans, Cal, but I appreciate it nonetheless, be interested in doing a little Mania 40 prediction segment soonish? I always like hearing those ahead of time. I'll tell you what, I will not remember this, but if you are there live in about two weeks when we preview the Royal Rumble on like twitch.tv slash late night grin, we will on the air do a Mania 40 predictions. Last year we did it for Mania. We'll do it again. You just need to remind me. We'll be on Twitch in a couple of weeks for a Royal Rumble preview. I will not remember this, but you may. <laughs> so <laughs> if you can, we'll do it. I promise. Um, what goals do you have for Wrestle Purish yourself and late night grin this year? Um, goals, man. It, it's, it's tough, like, because you never know where things are going to lead you or where how these things are going to shake up. So it's, I think it's hard to answer. The main thing that my goal in 2023 was, carries over this year, which is, like, try and be more consistent. <clears throat> the biggest thing that I've learned from my time in this space is, like, it's such a cliche, so I apologize, but you have to, you can't do the kind of roller coaster, you know, every day is a high or low. Like, yeah. sometimes I do shows that I think suck, but... I've just I've tried to get better at accepting that's just part of the process. You have to do that. Whereas two years ago when I did for a show sucked, I would have like an I'd have to have like a post show meeting and dissect why it sucked and what I said that was bad and what someone else said that was silly or what. That's just it was not healthy, you know. So my goals are not really like achievement things so much as they are like um, be consistent, stay level headed. Don't be my own worst enemy. <laughs> and if I do those three things, I think things will come kind of naturally. You know, I never would have guessed that I'd close 2023 interview in Athena, but it just so happened that was how it worked out. Not really to do anything I did, but wanted to give me that chance. And I think I did a pretty good job, if I may say so myself. So I need to just do these things, make sure I'm not getting in my own way. And I think things will, will work out. You know, I mean, I don't know what working out in wrestling media is. I don't know what that, what that even means, really. It's a weird space. What is success in wrestling media? I have no clue. Is this wrestling media? You tell me. But I do feel like I have some momentum right now. So I want to I want to keep that going. I want to do the people that have trusted me and put faith in me proud. I want to do you guys proud. I want to keep the thing moving in the right direction rather than getting in my own way. Because that's, you know, that's no good for anyone, right? So that's my general kind of take on it. Okay. Might be Drew and Priest for the briefcase, and he inserts himself in the punk Seth deal and wins the belt. My God. Um, Brock and Kevin Owens sounds incredible. I tend to agree. I just try and I swear there was law there. I swear. I could be wrong. Um, Finn Priest to WrestleMania. Yeah, I could see that. Some infighting. Okay. Black and gold here, Pete with the four horsemen. That's definitely close to where I remember being super connected with it than like where a lot of people do. I start, I got into it a little after that. I got into it like, I mean, you could probably line my fandom up with Joe because I wasn't really watching wrestling before that. So I'm at the end of the Four Horsemen. I remember Bailey doing the TV run where she worked with like, folks may not remember this now. I think you will, Sajizzle, but when Bailey went on the road to Brooklyn, she like, beat 
you know, the, like, she beat Becky and Charlotte, the other horsemen, and she also had, like, other wins against whoever was in division that time, like, Emma, whoever it was, I can't remember. I remember that being the first stuff I watched because Joe had debuted. So I think my first event was, like, at the end of their run. And I think of my favorite black and gold stuff is then through to, I think it was great till New Orleans. I mean, I was there in New Orleans. That was a great show. I kind of stopped watching after that, though. The Gargano Champa stuff kind of wore me out, unfortunately. But it happens. Uh, I did not see Cody and Nakamura. I read some funny things about it, but I did not see it. <laughs> I'm now seeing the reactions to the Tanahashi Okada. <laughs> Do you have a nostalgic show that you always go back to? Mine is 92 Rumble. I see it live as a child and got me back into watching wrestling. It does feel weird. Brett's not on the show. Um, you know, interestingly, Brett was like, that was the week when they were talking about him going to WCW, right? There was like a lot of rumors around that time, January 92. Um, Wrestling nostalgia is weird for me because I didn't have like, I don't have a connection to wrestling as a child, you know, like I, I just, that wasn't my fan. That's not how it worked out. My brothers do. Last week I watched uh SummerSlam 2000 with my older brother because he loves that show because he watched it as a kid. I didn't have that experience, but I always enjoy watching it through that lens. Um, so yeah, I, I don't really, it's, it's not kind of part of my fandom. I kind of, fell in love with wrestling a lot later. So the things I do have nostalgia for are things that I just actually liked, you know, <laughs> not the night you run me, night you run was class. But what I'm saying is they're things that I could watch now. And it would, it's the same thing that appeals to me about it, you know? So yeah, not really. Okay. What was your favorite show? Blaine Gold. I just answered that. There you go. Were you watching the weekly TV? I was, I was reviewing it for a long time. Um, they do not hold up to Dynamite from a quality point of view in terms of like match quality or like must see TV, but I do think they're really tightly constructed. Like I mentioned before, one of my favorite NXT TV bits ever was when Smojo was killing guys on the build to a match with Shin. And they introduced, they did vignettes for Dan Mafer, who was this big jacked up guy. They did a month of vignettes also that when he debuted, Joe could kill him. And it was like the it was such a great bit, and it was a great example of how tight that TV was. Like when someone got vignettes, you kind of just accepted it as part of the fabric. But the whole thing was just to get the Joe angle over more. So uh, I love the weekly TV. It's much more my flavor. It's not as good from a like spreadsheet, you know, match quality point of view, by any means. Um. How do you think Heyman books the current AEW roster? I think he'd be a lot more selective. I think he'd pick out individuals. Um, I think a lot of guys would fall to the wayside as a result of that. I think a lot of the older heads would suffer um, for better and worse. I think some of them are very valuable. I think he would be... He's very quick to latch on to young guys for a range of reasons. Some of them are more sinister than others, but nonetheless. Um, and he would also do some angles that would be absolutely awful. But he would probably pick a couple of guys and get them over huge. So it'd be a mixed bag. It'd be the full Paulie experience, I have no doubt. I tend to agree. I think Revolution will be positive. I'm I'm kind of optimistic right now on, on AEW here. I, I, maybe naivety, but I think, I think they've learned some good lessons as of late. I'm pretty confident. Pretty hopeful, I should say. WWE appear to be getting ready to run Jey Uso and Gunter. You seem to be the Jay so guys, how are we feeling? I love it. I mean, I love Jay. I think his work is, like, fun. I leave it there. I don't think it's much more than that often. And I say that as someone who I love, you know, 
I'm so happy for the dude, but I don't think he's, you know, I don't think he's a, an in-ring genius by any means, but he has a good feel when he's charismatic. And I think with Gunter, his game will be maximized because he'll just be able to sell and make comebacks. I think that'll be glorious. I love that. I'm, I'm all in. Um, with Daly's place tonight, what is your favorite moment, memory, match uh, from Daly's? I remember there being there for the Mox Eddie entrance, the full crowd. That's, you stole my answer. The Mox Eddie entrance for Double or Nothing and Sting's debut, I think are the obvious ones. I, I think both magical and uh, that Eddie and Mox entrance. My goodness. All right, folks, we're going to wind down. I'm going to catch up on what we've got in the chat. And we've got a few more here and then I'll uh, be on my way. Hope everyone has enjoyed this. Um, okay. There are a lot of question marks for a lot of the baby phases who they work at Mania, apart from Jay, Becky, Cody Punk, but Randy, Sammy, KO are still up in the air. Yeah, I wonder if they flip Randy. I don't think you can, though, right? He's too over. <laughs> Interesting. Brock versus Lashley on their quest to finally have a good match. It'll happen one day, brother. What's your opinion on the length of Joe's run? In my opinion, it should be short, but not two months short. I think a five to six month run with a lot of hard-hitting old-school Joe matches. I actually think in an ideal world, it'd be in between those, but I think it will be on the two months. I think it'll be Revolution. In an ideal world, I would, uh, you know, you could kind of slot it in there, you know, four months maybe, three, four months, you know, but I, I think we're going to get two months, but I'm glad we're getting it all, we'll be honest with you, brother. Well, you're not able to connect with Cena because you're more of an Orton guy than a Cena guy. Not really. It was more just that I, I didn't watch as a kid. So, like, by the time that I started really watching closely, Cena had an overness for people where they had grown up with him and I hadn't, you know? So, like, he, he wasn't for me, really, at that point. Uh, whereas Orton, obviously, he is more for you at that point because he's kind of, like, just kind of being a dick and not taking things seriously by that point in the game. So, <laughs> so yeah, it was. I could never establish a personal connection, even though I appreciate his work, obviously. Um, Kevin and Brock, December 2017. I appreciate it. How does it feel to be head to head with the national treasure Nick Aldis on the world renowned bump program? I wonder why my numbers went down. Shout out to the big man. Okay, appreciate my friend Meech being kind in the chat. We know Omega Osprey one was your 2023 match of the year. What came in second place for you? Uh, I think maybe Dragon and. Hmm. No, I think Swerve and Hangman. I think Swerve and Hangman. That was an outrageous spectacle. Yeah, that'd be mine. That'd be mine. <clears throat> Looking up who Corbin's partner was, maybe discover FTR called the Mechanics. They were the Mechanics, indeed. I remember when I was, I was there in London when they wrestled uh, Enzo and Cass, and uh, they were doing the, like, which one's Dash, wherever the fuck they used to chant. I forget now. I remember that being a thing. That point they were the revival though, but it was still it kind of gives you an indication. Um, I've not seen this new belt. I'll have to see a picture in a moment. You think Gunter and Brock could be a weird styles clash? Yes, I do absolutely. The best version of that match is is like an all time great match. There's versions of that match where Brock's kind of weird about it and doesn't necessarily play ball the way you'd like, and he kind of limits Gunter. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully not. What's your favorite Samoa Joe NXT WWE match? That Hoss four-way at Great Balls of Fire was amazing. And then corrected SummerSlam. Um, sorry, I should just read that as you corrected it. But uh, yeah, that's probably the best. I love the TakeOver London match with Finn. 
I was there, but it was only when I did it for Green Grapple Oracle and I talked about it a lot, like on that show. Like we kind of rediscovered like, that match is awesome. I really recommend people rewatch that. I think it's kind of lost how great that match actually is. It feels like an old Brett match um, for the WWF title. It's really good. That's up there. Um, Try to think of any others. I'm very fond of the old man version of him and AJ at SummerSlam 2018. It's a shame it doesn't have a finish. I think they actually have a really good match. But there aren't many like beyond that collect kind of little collection we've just built there. It's not the WWE run is the least in ring quality of Joe's stints, but he was a great promo in that run. So um it's kind of weird in that way. It's like I remember it more for the promo and the personality things he would do. Inside the ropes, there's a handful of them. All right. Last couple here, folks. Last couple. How much does Randall's limited bump card pop you? I love it. Good for him, man. Listen, the people are happy with it. Right? That's the most important thing. Joe, if you could rebook one wrestling angle your way, what would it be? Um, rebook one wrestling angle. Do you know what you know what one really pisses me off legitimately? And no, no one else cares about this, but I'm gonna do it because we're an hour and 45 in. I'm gonna get this off my chest. It drives me nuts that Bailey and Alexa Bliss are forever in wrestling infamy for how bad their feud was. I think it's such a shame. It didn't have to be that way, you know? Like, I'm not saying they would have had classics. But it drives, why did they do This Is Your Life? Why did they do all of that shit? Why was there a kendo stick? It annoys me, Brandon. And your question has given me a chance to vent this in 2024. They could have had a wrestling program. I think it could have been fun, but, you know. History is history. These are the games we play. Um, I don't think either of them are sweating it, but pisses me off, Brandon Bell. It pisses me off. Nonetheless. 13 minutes of Brock Gunther, trade Germans and Chops, give him an F5 kick out and you got it. Absolutely, man. Best version of that is, is real graps. Who's calling me? I hope Emperor's Pritchard. Um, let me be clear. I wasn't dunking on, on Alexa. I think Alexa's dope. I'm a fan of Alexa. What I'm saying is, is they could have had a good wrestling program, you know? They're, they had a match in NXT that was quite good. It's a shame. I'm mad about it. You can see I'm mad about it. <laughs> Love the <laughs> Yes, it was awesome. It was it was a tremendous match. Then he started wrestling. You're hoping to see more of it in 2024. I'm 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 such a novice. I'm you know, whenever there's a match recommended, I try and watch it and learn more. Um I love uh Azumi's work, I love Starlight Kid. Um I'm trying to think of personal favorites. I don't know who I don't know who else I would single out, but I'd like to become more educated. Basically, six. I know you're a huge fan. Like, whenever there's a match that's like critically acclaimed, I try to I try to get sink my team into it and see what I think. And I loved that match. Um, that was awesome, unhinged to be quite frankly. Outrageous match. Headbutts down the stretch. Good God Almighty. Also on the Tokyo Joshi Pro side of things, Masha Slamovich and. Um, and um, uh, Yamashita was tremendous also, same day. So, okay, last couple here, last couple. How quick can we get an official Joe Hobart Promotions logo? I'd love to, I mean, 
I don't know. I'm probably never going to make it, but I would love for someone to make it. It'd pop me huge. Uh, what would I like it to look like? Um, Hazuki is so great. Yes, absolutely. Um, JHP logo. I mean, it should look like some old bullshit, really, right? Like, it should look like some shit from like from from the seventies. That's the main thing. It has to have a retro vibe. I think. I'm, I have no further insight than that. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, we're on the same page here, bro. We're on the same page. Bailey and Alexa, fucking. It's a different timeline, folks, where people are going, that was a nice wrestling feud those two had, you know? Um, <laughs> absolutely. I will do. When's the last time you're fully invested in a match outcome outside the C2? Uh, it was Joe MJF, which I told myself I didn't care about, and then it came around, and I was like, I need this. I need this win right now. I need this win. Uh, it doesn't happen to me often, though, to be honest. Um, okay. I think we're done. Folks, I've been on here for almost two hours. I've answered many, many questions. I don't know. What did we talk about? The 60 of you that are still here, what should I call this video? What did we talk about today? What are the main topics of the day? Does anyone remember? Because I don't. I have no I have no possible way of knowing what we talked about. <laughs> we, we jumped all over the place. We talked about 97 WF, Black and Gold and XT, Alexa Bliss and Bailey, and everything in between. Um, if you remember, please do tell me. This could be good. Jim Crow Promotions. I appreciate you. Thanks for watching. Um, yeah, if you remember, please do say what we talked about here because then I can rename this rather than it being called Talking About Professional Wrestling, which I think is probably not going to play well on, on YouTube. Then again, I don't really care. So um, if you're watching this, you haven't subscribed, please do subscribe. That'd be cool. This is our first stream on here. We're only one day into the into this platform existing. Um, I'm amazed how many of you subscribed before we even did this. So I really do appreciate it. Um, I don't know how often I'm going to be doing this. Whenever I get a chance, I'll try and hop on and we'll have some fun and hang out and kind of catch up. So that's the plan. Um, I'm probably just going to keep this called this because you, you know the deal. I mean, it is what it is, right? So, uh, grabs talk. That's what we do here. We talk about professional wrestling. So thanks for hanging out. It's been a great couple of hours here. Uh, I do not have an outro video. So there's going to just be an awkward moment here where I hit end stream and then stare at the screen. So with, <laughs> with that in mind, have a wonderful evening. Enjoy AEW Dynamite. Enjoy whatever old grabs you're watching, whatever it may be. Stay locked in at WrestleBurious. Stay locked in at, at uh, a Late Night Grin to see what I'm up to next. I will be on the Dynamite Review Show tomorrow. I will be on Friday afternoon with Montgomery and I and our two-man booth. Uh, that's what's coming up in the immediate future. I can't say keep grinning because that's copyright protected by the Oracle of Wrestling. So I'm just going to say have a great day and uh, we'll speak soon. It's now time for that awkward moment where I hit end stream and stare at the camera. Goodbye.